0: Hey, Gestalt Education Nation. Uh, new sponsor alert! New sponsor alert! Today we're excited to announce uh, Dynamic Disc Designs and Jerome Fryer. Uh, we have an awesome discount code for you. Just use the code Gestalt uh, to get a little bit of money off on the the Dynamic Disc Designs. They're the the most realistic anatomical discs that we've ever seen. If you caught our, our episode with uh, Dr. Stuart McGill, you saw an entire shelf full of them. Everything from cavitation instruction to uh, di- uh, disc dysfunction to SI joint dysfunction, all sorts of amazing joint stuff. movement, vertebral yes, movement. Absolutely. So uh, go to Dynamic Disc Designs. Uh, use the code Gestalt. As always, you can use the code gestalt on core 360 belt to get a, a little discount on the belts there we love to use that for biofeedback for teaching respiration abdominal pressure and how the, the abdominal wall should be working during function uh, and then the last one use the code gestalt education 10 those will all be in the description in the podcast gestalt education 10 at HumanLocomotion.com locomotion.com uh, to get off uh, some money off of all of his awesome gadgets and tools and uh, rehab uh, materials what's your favorite brett he's got a trunk full but i think
1: you know integrating the Topro and i think it's been a game changer for us here at the office so i
0: think that would be my pick beautiful all right guys don't forget you Use the code Gestalt, Gastalt Education10. Uh, visit the show notes and you'll be uh, hooked up. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. All right everyone, welcome to another episode of the Gastalt Education Show. Today we're in uh we're somewhere in New Jersey. I don't know. Somewhere. Right. Springfield, right? <laughs> Springfield. Yeah, well done, Brett. You actually got that one. Uh, so we, uh, we're here for DNS course. We're here, uh, lovely, uh, Rob Milianica's home. Uh, so thank you for letting us be here to have this DNS course. But, uh, we also are sitting down with someone that she's been like a a pest to us a little bit, Brett. She's been to a bunch of our courses lately. Uh, she's taken hostage one of our favorite interns, Kara. And so, uh, yeah, we, we had to sit down and kind of get down to the nitty gritty. So this is Dr. Danielle D'Amelio. Daniel has uh, a little bit of a connection with me in that one of our favorite humans on Earth, or especially me, you did an externship right out of school with uh, Dr. Tim Brown. So I just want to start there selfishly. So mm-hmm. how did you get connected with Tim? And like, tell me, tell me that kind of uh, journey being with him on, on the West Coast, and yeah. working with surfers and things like that.
2: Yes, that was my first introduction into sports medicine. Was the surfing community, the motocross community. Um, skateboarding community and uh, how did I meet him originally um, my who's now the president of LACCM school in California so that was the obvious reason of why I got to hook up with him um, he came to talk to sports council a million times and um, I just knew that I wanted somebody to teach me the art of practice and not just the clinical skills that you would learn in a book So I basically sought him out. I walked into his office, of which I thought I was just dropping off paperwork. And he graciously was like, let's go. And he yelled at me for having all the flip flops, (laughs) which I'll never forget. (laughs) But um, yeah, he really shaped me. He brought the California into the Jersey girl in a very good way. And basically I think kind of helped shape what made me a little different coming back to the East Coast to practice.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things that we were asking your associate care and then we're kind of asking about you is you've taken basically everything. I mean, yeah. you're a, you've been a seminar junkie for a long time and, uh, yes, there was a problem
1: found in the seminar yesterday.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> P.R.I. background, yeah. you know, you know you could have You're on do DNS course, yeah. yeah, I understand. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I actually, that is one of the questions I wanted to ask you too, is like, you obviously have a curiosity for learning, yeah. you have a curiosity for asking difficult questions, because you've been a pest before to Brett, which is awesome. Yeah. I love it, I love it when <laughs> someone asks Brett a difficult question, no softballs. So, uh have you always been that curious? Is that part of just like your lifelong, uh, journey or like, did that kind of develop through school? And
2: and I think I always have been curious. I think, um, I do better learning hands-on. So all the stuff through COVID was horrendous. I don't Mm -hmm. know how, I would never have been the doctor I am if I had to learn through a computer, like a lot of the newer students have had to, it's very, um, it's kind of like an art you know and I think that um the hands-on and the listening and I think the biggest thing that's school for sure but then Tim and then the other mentors that I had that gave me really was the gift of time you know Tim is infamously known to sort of march to his own tune for sure Um, totally California time um constantly late with patients, and not one person really would complain in his office because they knew as soon as they were going into his office, they were also getting his undivided attention and probably going over time. And um, Kara can attest that that's pretty common in our office <laughs> um, against all uh, business development uh Uh, Advice, But I think when you are given the gift of time with a patient, which unfortunately we all know now um, is not the medical way anymore. Um, I I don't even know that my clinical skills are really what sets me apart in time and trying to connect with patients anymore. It's really becoming a good listener more than even asking questions but more so just letting them tell their whole story we all know that it's a multi-level layered effect for pain for chronic issues for Really, what their goals are. And if you don't really give them the gift of time of actually asking the right questions and actually asking questions, they kind of lay it out for you. You know, everybody's trying to make a complicated thing out of just kind of giving the patient a little bit of time.
0: Yeah.
1: Besides listening, what do you think some of those other soft skills are besides just being good clinically, which you know you are? What are some of those things that you're talking about? Do you think that clinicians should have to be?
2: To you know be what? Job? I think so. Tim was such an organic. Um, clinician. And it really wasn't cookie cutter. And for a lot of people, I think that was kind of, for me, um, why I like to take a lot of courses is I've built a tool belt. And I think young clinicians don't have an actual existing tool belt to where they can put these new things into what shapes you and where your strengths are. So I think um, the soft skills also are exuding that level of confidence, like you said yesterday, um, kind of hit home. And it was more that, I don't know that I was, I, I'm obviously I would hope that I'm a better clinician after 21 years, isn't it? Um, and a lot more skills. it? Yeah, a lot more skills, but I think what hasn't really changed is that ability to exude confidence, not because I really knew how to treat somebody, but I knew that I would never give up until I had an answer or find the right person to have that answer. And I think when you exude that and I don't think that's confidence. I think that's genuine caring for a patient mm-hmm. um, that really a patient knows that they know that you're not just collecting their copay. They know that they're not just a number in your office. You know, I mean, I we live in a very urban area right next to Newark Airport um, in Union County, and it's busy here, you know, and there's a lot of people there's a ton of competition i've never really advertised i've always just kind of existed in a very small space in the very beginning it was really hard to find me i was a cell phone i was this little pencil planner and i would just kind of go to different offices and kind of do my thing and um i really built a practice on networking and referrals and um, i literally have patients that was with me the first year in practice they always kind of track how long they've been with me by either was i pregnant how old my kids were you know we've had kind of an influx recently of like old ogs you know and it was it's it's really kind of a culminating experience to feel like wow after 20 years like you're still going to remember me you can still find me by my cell phone oftentimes (laughs) it's like an organic family experience in our office um and um i think the thing that I probably got most importantly from the mentors and like, listen, LICC was amazing. I had amazing clinicians um, and really like taught me that X factor. I think that has kept me in practice after COVID and the new social media ways, which are not really my thing, um, is really just kind of connecting with people and remembering their details. I can't remember what I ate for dinner, but if a patient came in, which they have you know, more recently come in after literally 12 years, I just remembered every detail, not because I took notes on it, because literally I took the time to connect with that patient and really understand and then kind of make it a small time. You talked about running into people in a store, you know, in, in our town, even though it's a big hustle bustle town with probably, I don't know, in our two towns, there's probably 30 chiropractors maybe. And um, you run into patients all the time and they remember and you remember their things and I bring my kids to their events because it's it's really a small town feel in a very big area and I think if you can kind of do that for your patients I think they're sold because no one else is really doing that
1: don't you think it's important to learn from your failures too I I told some of my stories yesterday but I think like especially if you if you're kind of competitive in nature like that just doesn't it shouldn't sit well so I think like Um, one thing I noticed with some clinicians, they just don't have that, like, competitive edge that you need. Like, when things aren't going right, I mean, it's no different than, like, a sporting event. You gotta want to have good results and you gotta want to, you know, have the reputation of the office be the way that you want it. So. Maybe yeah. What do you think about learning from your failures?
2: I think that's that's been huge, and it's more um, I'm most competitive with myself. Um, I'm not huge, and you know I'm.
1: Yeah, you're like, not trying to be better than Tara. Yeah, it's all within your yeah. You
2: know, it's 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 the ones that you can't solve are the ones that keep you up at night. You know, and and my husband's always you know criticizing the idea that at eleven o'clock I'll take a phone call, which has. Always been. My keep my patients know it. My kids know it. You know, it's like, oh, he has the badminton tournament tomorrow, and he like hurt himself, and he wants to talk to you. And it's like, he's like, it's 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 a badminton tournament. Like, what's the big deal? And it's like, if you can't figure that out for them because that's their goal and that's what put them in your office, then it burns me at night, you know. Or the ones with, like you said, like, oh, I went to another chiropractor, or I went to another, you know. I got an injection and it was like, you know, you feel like I tend to attract the ones that are very multi-layered and have been through the medical system. Um, Again, because you, you are spending time with somebody, I think you develop that reputation. So I have really complicated cases and those excite me because I think finally telling someone that confidently I will help you because I know that if it's not me, we have a million other resources to help your pain, which let's face it, that's... That's just always a side effect of dysfunction anyway, so um, that's the easy part, but giving me the opportunity to kind of do and, and explore. It's really an exploration, right? They come in, there's no roadmap, but then I get to kind of create sort of a piece of artwork on trying to figure out really those missing pieces or the deeper layers of possibly what went on and, and you know, look at their foot. When they come in with lower back pain, or look at the way they breathe, um, so it's educating the patient on why we're so different and why that really would mean that they're gonna finally make some life changes. I think that's kind of the key.
0: You made a good point too. It's something that we talk about a ton at Winchester Spine Support is trying to like going out of our way for our patients. Mm-hmm. Like in a world where people are, have crazy uh, you know deadlines and like I, I won't even look at my phone after this time and stuff like that. Like Brett and I are always. Feeling- Texts. text. We're te- texting our patients back this morning, things like that. I think that that's such yes. a good quality to have because people are craving it in the medical system right now. Yeah. Because like you said, they, they feel like a number. So uh, what about this integration piece? We kind of talked about it. So you've taken all these classes. You have this big tool belt. Can you kind of talk us through maybe your processes of your assessment? Like what, what do you hold at a higher standard of like kind of when you work through a patient? Uh, you know, like the what's lens in you, the toolbox? Yeah, what what, what's in your toolbox? What's, what's the first maybe two or three lenses that you're looking for?
2: Yeah, I would place? say the biggest um aside from having dns and sort of like just soft tissue procedures that was like kind of the the beginnings of of my clinical career um based on the clinicians that I worked with you know tim would very strongly and heavily you know rely on taping obviously um and that was the other creative process i think that's a huge tool are you
1: taping less than you originally did Would you say is your um
2: i'm probably yeah i definitely i'm taping less i am um utilizing more active care now Mm -hmm. way more um you know and um also through the years have begun to practice what i preach more you know you're so ingrained in um Learning and working and and not and you just kind of ignore your own pain. I feel like like our generation We kind of threw ourselves in the trenches (laughs) and didn't necessarily appreciate taking care of yourself, which I feel like the newer doctors are um, Teaching us a very good lesson to sort of (laughs) practice what you preach Um, So it's been a long um, road of fixing myself from all my past injuries and everything, but I would say after that, I worked in an athletic performance facility that pretty much started to shape my clinical tool belt with um, FMS and SFMA, which again, you know things have evolved tremendously in a lot of different areas, but having a foundation of just looking elsewhere um, where pain and dysfunction don't definitely don't overlap oftentimes and kind of trying to look at the um, Capacity of every joint and see where things are going awry, which oftentimes is so far removed from where the pain is. So I think that was probably the most, um, probably for 10 years, you know, we had basically an awesome algorithm of when a patient became a client and vice versa. So I was working hand on hand in hand with the trainers there and we were basically learning and exploring through FMS and SF, SFMA principles and kind of building our own tapestry of how that would fit into training um and i think that really was probably the the cornerstone of of what i'm looking for i might not necessarily you know of course you do the top tier, and, and that's definitely more of a checks and balances for me now. Um, and then, obviously, it's gotten much heavily um, more influenced with movement and um, you know DNS and PRI principles, where you're just kind of looking at that ability to stack, the ability of rib cage function. Um, I think that's kind of been more of the more recent years of kind of taking more of the main stage. Yeah, your evolution of kind of yeah, the, yeah, cool. Yeah, and then uh, so
0: you built a multidisciplinary uh, practice even said instead of the name of Functional Performance Institute, it's on your shirt. So, uh, can you talk us through developing that and, like, your vision? Are you where you where you want to be with that vision of the practice? What's next? You know, um, no,
2: start. I'm definitely not where I want to be. Um, we have acupuncture. One of my um, partners who we still have a great relationship, but um, he ended up moving back into more of an orthopedic practice was uh, regenerative sports medicine. So that was an awesome experience. And he and I had worked together. Actually, I'd never met him initially, but talk about like patients saying great things about you when you kind of help them. Um, That's basically how I've gotten my medical, you know, um, physician referrals. It's truly not really cold calling them. Just having patients just sort of give me the um green light of really helping them and then at the, the doctors that are definitely into it would reach out to you. He started referring sight on scene just based on a couple of patients saying great things about what we do in our office. And then eventually ten years down the road we became partners. Um and that really that that is the beauty because he understood of course we always joke because he gets the credit for sticking a needle into somebody for two seconds and <laughs> I'm spending six weeks working on them with, you know, raw fingers. But um He truly understood um, that the quick fix of fixing that problem or releasing that capsule or whatever is really so secondary or primary and then really needing the secondary of restoring function yeah. so he truly understood that um, and still does and we work really well together still um, as colleagues because we built sort of that growth and then we have acupuncture and we have um exercise rehab into like personal training so that side of it i feel like is definitely something that i want to build upon and kind of grow into more yeah beautiful
0: i, love I think
1: it. it's hard because it's easy to have like multiple silos in your office and yeah. I think like that integration piece we work really hard at our office to try to make sure we're always having conversations about the cases because everyone's so busy with their kids and things yeah. it is really easy to just kind of go about your day and then actually you're not actually integrating so I think yeah. it's it's way uh, harder than people realize to actually get that all the way that you know everybody would want it
2: well and it takes time I think you know I in, our, in the facility where I worked, where it was athletic performance, oftentimes, if I wasn't busy or I would be treating the patient and then they became the client in two seconds, you know, my door had a window or I was literally sitting on the floor and we're, we're doing work, you know, or doing taping. You know, that was the awesome part about Tim Brown and his experiences. He, from the beginning, taught me there is no cookie cutter approach. You are one within this patient and little nuances, you know, it made it hard for kind of documenting things sometimes because it was like, you know, you almost needed a videotape because it's like, okay, I pulled a slightly this way or slightly this way or, you know, moving things. And it was really the art of, of the nuance of seeing what it did instantaneously. And then being in a gym setting always, I would instantly be able to see the fruits of my labor in more reinforcement and, and kind of create that instantaneous, change that we were looking for so that part was awesome you know it's always a joke like a table i'm so low-tech you know we have we have some cool things in our office but my happiest point is literally on the floor you know it like kind of getting down and dirty in, in the gym setting where you really can do your best work i think
0: sorry to interrupt your episode guys I have to tell you about an important date to write down in your calendar, November 3rd through the 5th. The first annual Neurodynamics World Congress coming to you at Parker University in Dallas, Texas, November 3rd through the 5th. This is an amazing opportunity to see a true gestalt weekend, meaning integration of multiple different people, multiple different techniques of the likes of Michael Leahy, Antonio Stecco, Brett Winchester talking about DNS, Annie O'Connor talking about pain classification mechanisms, David Seeming talking about the internal chemistry. Uh, Jeff Bove talking about the research around nerves. Uh, and of course, Michael Shacklock talking about neurodynamics. This weekend at Parker University, November 3rd through the 5th, is, 5th is your opportunity to see not only lectures, but hands-on demonstrations and panel discussions at the end of every day to combine this all together to show how each of these different techniques is influencing the nervous system. This is an amazing opportunity to see all these people in one stage and one opportunity to have some fun with us uh, in Gestalt Education. So uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. And we can't wait to see you at Park University. It's November 3rd through the 5th. Registration open at gestaltedu.com backslash courses. See
1: you there. What do you think? You have one of our associates that you hired, Kara, and she was amazing for for us, what are, what are some of the things that we always talk about, like what they're wanting from you, yeah. but let's talk about it the other way. Like, what do you expect from Karen Associate? associates?
2: So I think, um, I always will tell somebody when they are shadowing me, first of all, it's, it's kind of a whirlwind experience in our office. It's a very family friendly experience and everybody is kind of interlaced and, um, interactive and chiming in and laughing. And it's, it's a very, um, I, I enjoy being there and, and we all can joke around. Um, but, If you need hand-holding, my office is not the one to go to. Um, I am still very much a clinician. I still treat every day almost um, that I'm in the office. And again, the day that I say that I don't want to treat anymore or the day that I say I don't want to take a course anymore or the day that you come in and it's been a long time and I treat you the same, that's the day you need to tell me to retire. And I told Kara that yesterday. Um, But I really think um, willingness to... learn from, I, I, and I don't want drones, you know, I want somebody with their own personal um, personality. I want somebody that's going to teach me also, you know, I mean, you know, the doctors now have so many resources that we never had before. Um, so to, to really learn from them as well is, and want to learn, I think also too, a lot of new grads want to be force-fed stuff um, and want to, you know, me to sit down and, and just say, oh, this is how we do it here. And here's our system. And, um, it's printed out for you. And then you can look at it on YouTube videos and all this. And it's like, now like sit down, interact with me, interact with the patient, get your hands dirty and kind of learn by example. But also I hope that when my intern slash new practitioner is there, our office changes for the good, Mm -hmm. because they're bringing in um, their own skill as well. And we grow together into something more collaborative and new beyond what I already had. And so, you know, I've had, I've definitely had, um, I don't know, five or six associates. And I would say the ability to create and um, build upon what I've already had as a foundation um, most certainly with Kara has been the most successful Um, and she appreciates and and comes to me with questions, right? Like Mm -hmm. don't come with me with a problem, come with me with a solution or or bring up something that you might want to change. And um, I really don't have an ego when it comes to the office. You know, I, I, I think over the years, I've probably grown into being able to take, you know, criticism easier and I don't have all the answers and I I've, just basically created from my own dysfunction. You know, I was kind of forced into um, my own practice really early on, not prepared for business whatsoever. Um, and I just kind of did things the slow way, but I did things. You know, in hindsight, I guess I, I did some of the things right. I guess because <laughs> I'm and still how, practice. <laughs> and
0: how about the integration within the office? How often do you guys meeting? Is it just kind of one off meetings, or do you have something scheduled? Like what, so, we what does don't have like? stuff
2: scheduled, and that's definitely something mm-hmm. that we're working on. Um, we have a new like exercise rehab person who um, was actually a patient of our fr- a friend of mine in the city um, before she moved out to our burbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the goal is to do more regular meetings. Um, I would say now we've done some stuff um, on the fly. I do some volunteer work um, with like Team Jamaica for um, the track and field. So it's kind of like getting them to be able to do some hands-on stuff live with patients as well. But oftentimes um, it's sort of collaborating on a specific patient. We really don't have, I'm trying to get out of the reputation of having people come see me. Right. I want people to come to my office. I want people to come to our facility. Um, so I think having the collaborative approach with every patient and doing informal ground rounds with them about what they are or literally just hey Kara, come over here for a second or you know and calling me in and, and sort of collaborating that way has been the way that we've kind of done it but we we would love to do more cool
0: i love rounds. it and then uh give us your next 10 years cool. like what what's uh yeah yeah <laughs> what's the future for, for Danielle 50 on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on uh you know what what are what, what are your goals like what are your aspirations what are some things that you want to accomplish
2: I would say I definitely, um, if I am not really the outgoing one, you know, it's joking that, that I, I usually don't raise my hand or, or pick on any kind of questions <laughs> in a in in any kind of lecture setting, um, nor have I really thought that teaching was something that I really would be good at or like to do. Um, but I, I really could probably see myself more in the mentoring slash teaching area now, which kind of keeps my hands in it, but also um, allows me to sort of make more impressions, especially being a woman in a man driven, well, not so much anymore, but definitely when 21, 21- years ago when I started, I was, you know, and, and even coming to New Jersey, it was, you know, the sports council, it was myself, um, and a lot of guys, you know, and it was sort of like, I had to be able to coexist in a, in a place where I had to figure out what made me special, but I also had to figure out what made me linked with everyone. And, um, you know, I've been kind of like the, the New Jersey, I guess, Union County secret for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you are kind of the best kept secret. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore, damn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: but I, I really like to teach, and I like to teach in an organic way where people are um, exchanging and um, asking questions of which, you know, sometimes I don't necessarily think I have the answer, but I guess I do sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we like to give you crap, but your, your questions are well thought out, and they're good questions. They make you think. And so we we appreciate that for sure. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing getting to know you. I I know yes, Kara's too. talked about very highly of you. And so uh, you're an absolute superstar. And uh, when we go to California, we got to fly her out so oh, we can sit yeah. down with Timmy. So yes. th- that'll be our, that'll be a future project totally. that we got to do. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, thank you for, for doing thank an amazing job. Me. Thank you for doing, leading the profession for women, like you said, and uh, yeah. just doing a great job in the treatment room. So uh, Brett, anything, any last words? How'd you say tournament?
1: Hmm? How'd you pronounce tournament? Tournament. Oh my gosh. We... It, <laughs> Come on, Jersey. This Jersey accent
0: Jersey, rough. Yeah. Rough. (laughs) I don't know. We got to get the hell out of here, bro. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, be sure to check out Functional Performance Institute. Uh, Links will be in the bio. And uh, be sure to look out for uh, Dr. Danielle. She's going to do some amazing things. So thank you for being here. Good luck with patients. And uh, we'll see you next time.
2: Thank you so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gasol Education Show. Uh, If you liked it, share it. Subscribe to it, uh, send it to your friends, send it to someone that needs to hear this message. Uh, We really want everyone to be able to to tune in and and get the the best clinical advice that they can, which uh, we're hoping that we're giving to you with these special guests. So um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Or if you have any suggestions on upcoming uh, conversations, let us know. Uh, For a list of our upcoming courses, we're adding them all the dang time. So go to gestaltedu.com, click on courses, and they'll all be right there for you. All right, have a good day.